Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve sallallahu ve barak alel aşrafil anbiya ve mursilina nebina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve selleme teslima kathira ama ba'd Elhamdülillah we have reached al-hadith al-thamin wal-ishroon hadith number 28 from the 40 hadith of Al-Nawi Rahimahullah and uh, in this lesson we'll just go through one hadith and this is the hadith of Irwad Ibn Ibn Sariya Radilaw Anhu Hadith of Irwad and now the text of 28 now So, first and foremost, we have this narration of uh, being recorded in Tirmidhi. And Tirmidhi mentions that the hadith is Hassan Sahih. Tirmidhi mentions that the hadith is Hassan Sahih. And uh, we mentioned this previously, in the previous lesson, 
But the words in here where Tirmidhi has said the hadith is Hassan Sahih, what does that indicate in relation to the manhaj of Tirmidhi himself in his book? The fact that Tirmidhi said that the hadith is Hassan Sahih. What does it say? What does it tell us about his manhaj in the book? And his book is Sunan. Something we mentioned previously. Or how does Tirmidhi differ from Bukhari, for example? He collects that say under so Tirmidhi's intent when he uh, was collecting the hadith for his book, his intent wasn't merely to collect hadith sahih. So contrary to what some individuals believe, is that Tirmidhi didn't intend to collect hadith sahih and then just didn't attain it. Naam, and didn't uh, reach that goal. Rather, Tirmidhi, his intent in his sunnah was to collect narrations that were used as hujaj, were used as proofs for whatever position a person took in a hakam. And so whether those proofs were strong or not, he would use these hadiths, and collect these hadith. And um, the proof for that, and the reason why it's significant that he mentions had uh, Tirmidhi saying himself, Alif Hassan Sahih, is that he himself would mention his hukum upon the hadith. So there's times he may mention the hadith is Hassan. So if he himself is saying the hadith is Hassan, then you know that his intent wasn't to gather a hadith sahihah. Or if he was to uh, mention the hadith is Da'if, then you know his intent wasn't to, to gather just hadith sahihah. And so, Tirubi mentions that narration, this narration here, that this hadith is hadith which is Hassan uh, al-Sahih, which is a terminology which is specifically uh, in relation to him, specifically in relation to what terminology that he would use, rahimahullah. And it's a terminology that is that is that has been debated over the years by Ahlul Ilm. Thereafter, it mentions in a narration that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave us an admonition. And there the narrator Irbad ibn Sariyah he mentions Wajilat minha al and what we understand from this is that the narration, or it mentions of this narration that the eyes, or that the hearts trembled, and the eyes filled with tears, and the eyes filled with tears. And what we understand from this, at this particular wording, is that this was due to the fact that it was a kalima baligha. Yani, this particular da'wah and this particular admonition was one that reached the hearts. As one which caused and had a profound effect upon those that were listening at the time. And so, an indication of that profound effect it had upon those listening was that the hearts trembled. And the hearts trembled, yani, in fear. The hearts would tremble in fear. And the eyes would fill, and eyes would fill with tears. And this is from the mannerisms of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and in general anyway, is that when he would address the people, he would have a great fear and the Ali. 
it have a great effect upon them, upon what, in, in relation to that which he would say, alayhi salatu salam. And no doubt within this, within this, uh, this wording is indication that the companions that were present at the time listening to the speech of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that they were individuals whose hearts had grown attached or had hearts had gone to accept this word and that has come from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam anyone differing from that that no one was listening to this admonition except that there was an acceptance from them and that it would that it would have an effect upon the heart as long as the heart which is by Sheikh Fawzan had a salama min al-qaswa that the heart was free and it was not a heart which had, had been hardened and thereafter they mentioned they mentioned O oh Messenger of Allah Ya Rasulullah Ka'annaha mawidatul mawadda' He said they say O oh Messenger of Allah it's as if it is an address and, a, and an admonition of a farewell I depart an admonition and they understood from this, this particular admonition, or the admonition to be like that, due to the nature of the admonition. And that the nature suggested that there would be a degree of mafaraka between them and him, alayhi salatu wasalam, that there would be a degree of, or there would be departure, the companions, the departure of the companions from the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this was due, of course, no doubt, to the fact that this was an address that occurred close to the death of the Nabi wasalam. And thereafter, <coughs> the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he mentions, I advise you with the taqwa of Allah. And the taqwa of Allah is amal bima yujab ridahu wa yubid an So the taqwa of Allah is when a person does an action, performs an action which necessitates and brings about the pleasure of Allah. Allah is pleased with the action. And it distances the people away from his displeasure. This is the people away from that which Allah Ta'ala disapproves of. This is the taqwa of Allah. And no doubt the person seeks to protect themselves in form of, of a, a wiqai as well. As a protection where the person adheres his affair of taqwa, of piety. And as likewise was mentioned by our Shaykh, Shaykh Ubaid, he mentioned that taqwa is of three types. This affair of taqwa is of three types. A taqwa fi ma'murat, a taqwa 
في المنحيات والتقوى في المشتبهات and so this is what Safi mentioned in the, pre, in the previous narration uh, of uh, Abdhar al-Khafari that taqwa occurs first and foremost in relation to the ma'murat those the things that we have been commanded with upon the person is have taqwa in that which you've been commanded with Secondly, is that you have taqwa in relation to the things that you have been that have been prohibited for you, and the, the muharramat, things that are haram. The person adheres to taqwa in that regard. And the third is that the person has taqwa in relation to the things that are doubtful, things that you're not aware of, whether they are halal or haram. Hence, why, and this is often this is derived from the hadith. Where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentions Inna halala bayyan inna harama bayyan Wa baynahuma mushtabihat La ya'rifuhuna kathira min al-nas And indeed the halal is clear And the haram is clear And between them are doubtful matters That are not known by many amongst the people Thereafter You have the mention of and you hear and obey that you hear and obey the Wali al-Amr the leader so this is from the advice of the Messenger of Allah because when you hear and obey the leader I hear and obey the ruler because what comes as a result of hearing and obeying a ruler is security in the land. And that land itself and those inhabitants of that land being settled. And that it is a means of protecting that land from harm such as irhab. Or Freeing that land from anything that will cause the taqwif and nas so that when the ruler is being obeyed, you do not have the harms, or it's a means of protecting against the harms of irhab, terrorism, and likes of that, as well as generally any affairs which cause the people to become scared and that bring about and emulate fear amongst the people. And so no doubt, upon the Muslims, first and foremost, as individuals, is to adhere to the Book of Allah, adhere to the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, and adhere to the Faham of the Salaf of this Ummah. So upon them, first and foremost. Thereafter, no doubt, if they have the leader that is the Muslim, the Muslim ruler, upon them is to hear and obey that leader. Because we're hearing and obeying that leader and that obedience to that leader in a moment, generally speaking, then this will bring about security for that land and for its people. And so this is the second advice mentioned. It's a fair of Samu'ata'a. And the importance of understanding the affair of ta'a, the affair of obedience to the ruler. 
And we understand that obedience does not occur when it comes to ma'asi. Obedience does not occur when it comes to dis when it comes to disobedience of Allah. As the Messenger of Allah sallallahu mentions, La that there is no disobedience or there's no obedience rather to the creation when it comes to the disobedience of Allah. So this is the Dabit. And this is the condition that is set in that regard. That the person is, must adhere to the obedience of Allah subhanahu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and foremost. But thus, if it is made incumbent upon him from the ruler to obey the ruler in an affair, as long as it's not disobedience to Allah, then he must obey the ruler in that affair. And thereafter, the narration mentions, Even if the one has been given authority over you, and your ruler is a slave. And what we understand from this burden of the message of Allah, وسلم, is that he, والسلام, has given a particular example. And so, it's a must that the person does not believe or have any form of arrogance or haughtiness in the face of their ruler, regardless of whoever they may be. And if that person does, and what if it does emanate from them that they have this haughtiness, this may lead to them turning away from the obedience of that ruler. So it's a must that the person makes first and foremost and the most important affair with him the affair of obedience. They adhere to obedience to the ruler. And likewise as well, when it comes to the mu'amala, the dealing with that ruler as well is, is one of nasiha, one of sincere advice. As the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned in a hadith which we covered previously, Adina Nasiha, the origin is sincere advice. He mentioned this three times in Islam. And thus he was asked, Liman, and to whom? And he sallallahu alayhi wa mentions, Lillahi wa kitabi, wa li rasuli wa li immatin muslimin wa amatihim. That is for in relation to Allah, his book, his messenger the leaders of the Muslims and then the general people amongst them. I saw Nasiha occurs with the amongst, amongst the leaders of the Muslims. And this is from the advice of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam within this hadith. The third piece of advice mentioned in this hadith is the advice of um, the Tiba' Sunnah. So the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentions and whoever from you, whoever lives from you like long after me, whoever lives from you long after me, then indeed he will see much differing. Indeed he will see much differing, right? differing and splitting amongst the people. This narration, first and foremost, <coughs> like the narration where the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions that this Ummah will split into 73 sects all of them within the hellfire except for one 
This hadith first and foremost is a sign from the signs of his Nabuwa alayhi salatu It's a sign of his prophecy. That he alayhi salatu mentioned an affair that will occur. Naam in the future, in the mustaqbal. Something that will occur. And then time has proven that it has occurred. And so this is from the signs of his prophecy. As mentioned by Shaykh Muhammad al-Man al-Jami, in relation to these hadith such as these, this hadith and the hadith of this of the iftirak in the hadith relating to the firqa najiyah and the safe sect. The splitting and the differing is not mentioned by the Messenger of Allah as an affair which is Mahmud. He's mentioning, just due to the fact that he's mentioning does not now mean that it's something which is praiseworthy. And thus, Shaykh Muhammad Amman, he goes on to explain further that things that occur, no doubt, are from the Qadr of Allah. It's that which Allah Ta'ala has ordained to occur. And that the irada of Allah, that which Allah Ta'ala wills to occur, from the things that He wills to occur, are of two types. We have the irada kawniya, that which Allah Ta'ala wills to occur within the creation. This is general. Everything that occurs within the creation, whether it, whether it be khayr or shaf, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And this is synonymous and this is mutaradif with the Mashiach and the will of Allah, the Mashiach of Allah. Then you have the irada shari'iyah. The irada shari'iyah is that which occurs from the affairs which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with and which is in accordance with his sharia. So no doubt when we're referring to the splitting and the differing, this does not now mean that the splitting and differing is something which is praiseworthy. Rather the splitting and differing has occurred due to the fact that uh, as we mentioned by the Messenger of Allah and it has occurred and it's in accordance with the irada kawniya not irada shari'iya and it's in accordance with what Allah Ta'ala's will to occur by way of the kawniya that which he will to occur within the creation but not in accordance with that which he is pleased with and in accordance with his sharia so in the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa in this narration he mentions Whoever lives from you after you will see much differing. Within this statement as well, we understand that the batil will be plentiful. There will be much different forms of falsehood. There will be different forms of falsehood. And so from the hikmah of the Nabi is that he didn't just mention this ill that will occur, i.e. this evil of the splitted. Rather, he mentions the ilaj. He mentions that the way that this can be treated. Either way that the splitting can be treated and dealt with. And a solution. And he mentions Fa'alaikum bi sunnati. Wa sunnatu khulafa al-rashiddin al-mahdiyin min ba'di. And so he mentions Upon you is my sunnah. Upon you is my sunnah. And the sunnah of the Khulafa, al-Rashidin, al-Mahdiin, min ba'di. 
So there the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam commands with his sunnah. And this word, alaykum, alaykum, is what is referred to as an ism fi'l in Arabic language. Ism fi'l. And its benefit is that it's a command. It's a command. Commanding the individual to adhere to the sunnah in this regard. And this is the tariqah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. That which he is upon. And so you have the narration likewise and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu mentions the narration found in the Sunan of Ibn Majah. تَرَقْتُكُمْ عَلَىٰ بَيْضَعْ لَيْلُهَا كَنَهَارِهَا لَا يُزِيبُ عَنْهَا بَعْدِ إِلَّا حَالِك لَا يُزِيبُ عَنْهَا بَعْدِ إِلَّا حَالِك Yeah, I've left you upon a clear white way. Clear way. His night is like his day. It's distinguished. This way that has been left for you. No one deviates from it after me except that he is destroyed. Except that he is destroyed. Likewise, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu mentions in a narration found in Hakim, the Musadraq of the Hakim, إِنِّي تَارِكُمْ فِيكُمْ مَا إِنْ تَمَسَّكْتُمْ بِهِ لَنْ تَدِلُّوا كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَسُنَّتِهِ And thus, the Nabi mentions, Indeed, I've left for you something I affair. If you hold on to it, you will never go astray. You will never go astray. The Book of Allah and my Sunnah. So these narrations, whilst we have the narration, the mention of the differing and the splitting that will occur, the Messenger of Allah informs us of a particular way that will aid us in that regard. And so, it's upon the individuals that adhere to the Sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. If he truly wants, yani, uh, success and salvation. Likewise, you have the narration of Malik, the well-known narration of Malik, in Imam Malik, where he mentions the Sunnah kasafinatul Nuh, the Sunnah, is like the ark of Nuh alayhi salam. Man rakibaha naja. anha halak. Whoever traverses on it will be saved. And whoever leaves it off will be destroyed. So there's only one way to success and salvation. And no doubt that's the sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu Thereafter, the Nabi alayhi salatu he mentioned. The Sunnah of the Khulafa al-Rashidin al-Muhdiyin min ba'di. The Khulafa al-Arba. Referring to the Khulafa al-Arba. Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman and Ali. These are the Khulafa al-Rashidun. And that which they are upon. And that which they are upon was from the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so they were a marja after... The book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. They were a means of 
or who to return to. They were a means and a focal point of who to return to after the Book of Allah and the Sunnah, the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Thereafter, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam mentioned tamasuku biha. And you hold on firm to it. Hold on firm to it. And so this statement, tamasuku biha, is ta'qid. Yani is further emphasis of what was mentioned previously. Alaykum bi sunnati. Upon you is my sunnah. Then tamasuku biha. Hold on firm to it. So no doubt the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioning this is further emphasizing the affair of the Sunnah itself and the importance of the Sunnah itself. For indeed he mentions after that Addu alayha bin nawajib Hold on firm to with your molars. And Shaykh Hussain mentions Hada ta'kidun ba'da ta'kid. So this is emphasis after the emphasis. First and foremost, the Messenger of Allah commanded with a hold on to the Sunnah. Commanded, upon you is my Sunnah. Thereafter, he emphasized that. Tamasuk biha. Naam. Tamasuku biha. Hold on firm to it. That's an emphasis. Thereafter, he goes on to further emphasize by way of his statement. And then hold on firm with your molars. No doubt, the manner in which the Messenger of Allah <coughs> emphasizes this affair of holding on to the Sunnah is an indication of its great importance for the salvation of the servants of Allah and its great importance for the success of the servants of Allah. Thereafter, the Prophet ﷺ mentions, وَإِيَّاكُمْ And beware of the Muhtafat al-Umur, the newly invented affairs. This word, إِيَّاكُمْ is a tahdir, is a warning. So, إِيَّاكُمْ is a tahdir for that which will come after. This is warning you about that which should be mentioned afterwards. And that which is mentioned afterwards in this narration are the Muhtafat al-Umur. Are the newly invented affairs. The newly invented affairs. And <coughs> these are affairs that there's no asl in deen. The newly invented affairs are the things where there's no asl in deen. There's no asl in the book of Allah, nor the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. So these are from the newly invented affairs. As mentioned by the Prophet Sallallahu Whoever newly invents an affair, a matter in our affair, in the Sunnah that is not from it, then it is rejected. And likewise, you have the narration as well, the riwayah, where it mentions Man Amila Amalan Laysa Alehi Amruna Fahuarad. And whoever does an action that is not Upon our affair, again, upon our sunnah, the sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu then it's rejected. So whoever opposes the one that's mukhalif of the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then indeed this is an action which is muhdaf, is a newly invented matter. And a muhdaf 
In reality, it's a bid'ah. It is an innovation. And a bid'ah is a dolala. And bid'ah is misguidance. And so, thereafter, it mentions an innovation. Every single newly invented affair, indeed, is a bid'ah. So this is in relation to deen. So, there's a clear distinction. If we're referring to the affairs of dunya, now, for example, new forms of transport, or different forms of clothes, or different forms of housing, now, then this is not, this is not what is referred to as a bid'ah, as innovation. Now, because within these things, you may find manafir, <coughs> yeah, the affairs which are beneficial. For the people. And our Mubah, Allah Ta'ala has made it permissible for the people. Now for his servants. However, as for Kalam Fiddin, as for the one that speaks about Deen, فَلَا يَجُوزَ لِأَحَدٍ أَنْ يُحْدِثَ فِي الدِّينِ شَيْئًا لَيْسَ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَلَا فِي سُنْتِ الرُّسُولِهِ As for when speaking about the Deen, speaking about Islam, that it's not permissible that a person newly invents anything in deen that is not found in the book of Allah, nor the sunnah of, the, of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Even if his intent was good, when you read al-khayr, and he was, he was intent good, if the person truly wants good, can you read al-khayr? The person truly wants good, then upon him is to follow the sunnah. And if he was other than that, if he was anything other than the sunnah, then the reality is that it's not khayr in any way, shape or form. Even if he regards it and he has the opinion that it's khayr, or he believes and thinks that it's khayr. And... No doubt, anything that is found within the Sunnah is perfect in one perfection. For indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, Al-Yawm akamautu lakum deenukum. Allah ta'ala has mentioned, Today I perfected for you your religion. Wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati. And have completed my favor upon you. And so, this affair of Islam and the Sunnah and the Messenger of Allah وسلم, is one of completion and perfection. And there's no need, there's no haja, or dying. There's nothing that caused or anything that there's no needs at all for anything to be added to that. And thereafter, the Messenger of Allah mentioned in the narration, For indeed, every innovation is a misguidance. And so there's no exception when it comes to innovations. There's no exception. Every innovation is misguidance. And it's mentioned without any exceptions. Because you will find. That you might have individuals say, but this bid'ah, there's, there's some innovations, and it's Hassan. Who bid'ah Hassan? 
and they'll say they'll make a tafriq. They'll seek to differentiate. So they'll say this is a bid'ah hasana, and this is a bid'ah which is dalala. So now we agree, do not do these these, these actions of bid'ah because they're dalala. But this is hasana. Now, but this is khilaf al kaul. This opposes the statement of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because indeed he mentions kulo muhdafatin bid'atun. Every newly invented affair is a bid'ah. And every innovation is a misguidance. So then how can someone say after that, there's a bit of hasana? Because it directly opposes the speech of the Messenger of Allah. Wasallam. And so in reality there is no such thing as a bid'ah hasana, as a good bid'ah. Because it opposes that which is the haqq. And it opposes that which is the speech of the Prophet and so, this hadith, as mentioned by Sheikh Fawzan, is a great hadith in relation to the fact that it comprises of many different advices. And whoever adheres to these advices, in reality will be saved from different forms and many different forms of fit and trials and tribulations and dangers, as well as misguidance from the different forms of people's opinions or ideologies and thoughts. And this is from the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the believers, upon the Muslims, that the true path and the correct path has been made clear to us. The path to, to travel upon has been made, made, made clear to us. And the book of Allah and the sunnah of, the message, of his messenger sallallahu has been made clear. And this is what you find, as we mentioned amongst the Muslims, or mentioned to the Muslims, and this is something that the Muslims have amongst them, the Sunnah. That they have not been left, yani to be taken or confused by those individuals that have mere opinions. Or people that are not left to their opinions, nor are they left to their own understandings when it comes to these particular affairs in deen. Alhamdulillah, and this is, as mentioned, is from the ni'am, the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us as believers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Fajazakumullahu khaira. Mubarakallahu feekum. And inshallah we'll conclude here with this narration and then go on to our next narration in the next lesson. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakum wa khaira wa sallallahu wa barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallam wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.